Editor's note, this game is just like Dark Souls. Welcome to the Interstate Gamers Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin, a.k.a. K-Slux. My name is Peter, a.k.a. Deal For Real, and I'm also your host. Well, welcome everyone to the, I don't know, I think it's like the 46th episode, maybe? I, I think so. We have a special guest for you guys today. Um, uh, so please introduce yourself, special guest. <laughs> <laughs> Smooth segue. Howdy! This is Ryan hey. Rybred, back Once for again. season four. This is exciting. Yes. Back at it again with the rye bread. <laughs> Thanks for having me on, guys. And for, uh, I know this is like season one tradition, but just letting you guys know, I am currently drinking a Voodoo Ranger New Belgium IPA. So the shout out to me, like to season one. right? Yeah, there. I think that uh, tradition ended shortly after the Super Mario World episode. <laughs> we all yes. know how that was. <laughs> the 12% uh, Palo Santo Marron. Oh, that's a great episode. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so Ryan's here to help us with a game that um, we have, we all haven't played, I believe. Um, so that's going to be real interesting. I thought that would be a really cool perspective to bring him on before. You know, usually we bring him on for Metroid games. Um, and truthfully, we we're supposed to do it for Super Metroid, but uh, somehow communication got lost there and um, it ended up not happening. But I think this is going to be, you know, not to say that we didn't want you for the Super Metroid episode, but I, I think we all would have loved Super Metroid, right? Let's just all agree we love Super Metroid. <laughs> yeah, but that's true. This yes. one, I think we're going to bring a lot of different perspectives. So I'm actually really excited for this episode. Same. So Peter, why don't you segue us into what you have to talk about? This game is an indie darling from a few years ago. You've all, you all may have heard of it, depending on how close you follow the indie scene. But this game we're reviewing today is none other than Hollow Knight. Uh, Hollow Knight. Hey. I guess we've already talked a little bit about the uh, context for each of us. We've we've all never played it. Yeah. Uh, so, but I've I've heard about this game in passing. I've seen it on the eShop a lot. Um, did did we all play the Switch version? Yes, I did. Yes, and so okay. I got the Switch version. Uh, and I this game wasn't even on my radar. I think I've heard of it before, maybe, but I definitely wasn't going to get it anytime soon again <laughs> uh when kindly you and kevin uh came with the invitation for this game i was like oh this game and uh i got it started playing it and i'll let you know by the end <laughs> yeah yeah this game uh this game got a lot of critical acclaim when it came out and uh still continues to get acclaim it's had uh, several dlc packs which have all been free so hollow knight Classic uh, Metroidvania-inspired type of game, you know, traveling through this big underground world and uncovering more powers, meeting more characters, and learning the plot as you go on. We're about to get into gameplay, but before we do that, I did want to just give a basic overview of what some of the mechanics are, because there's there's kind of a lot of them. Like, this game is really gameplay-focused, so I just wanted to lay the groundwork for us to give all of our opinions um, without actually having to explain what things are as we're giving the opinions. Just as a real quick overview, I'd say that Hollow Knight's gameplay is based mostly on action and exploration. You can kind of think of it that way. And the action has like three main components, and I think we can talk about those first. 
Um, the first is like the combat, which is hugely emphasized in this game. Uh, you have a sword-like weapon called a nail, and you use that for almost all of your attacks. You're swinging that thing constantly, which was an interesting change of pace for me, at least, because a lot of Metroidvania games are you know about projectiles, like in Metroid, obviously. Um, so they got the melee combat, which is a huge focus. Speaking of focus, there's a thing called soul in the game. Uh, soul is a... It's, it's kind of like an energy substance that you gather when you strike enemies. And the soul that you gather can be used for mainly two things. One is to heal yourself. You have to stand still and charge up soul for like a second or so before you can heal one unit of health. And you can also use soul for soul-based attacks, which are kind of like projectiles and other types of attacks. So you can't just be spamming those. You got to, you know, have your soul ready, uh, have it accumulated before you can do that. And then the other main part of the action side of the gameplay is the movement. Um, this game is all about movement. You can learn uh, different techniques by finding these items or power-ups along the course of the game. So at first you can just run and jump. That's basically it. But soon enough you get like the air dash ability and then you get a super dash and you get a wall jump and a double jump and all this stuff. So really the game does open up to you a lot more as most Metroidvanias do by getting these new movement techniques and upgrades to your weapons and all that sort of stuff. So that's my overview of the action <laughs> side of the gameplay. There's, there's lots of stuff to talk about here. Um, Kev, you're the, uh, you're the gameplay starter offer yeah. this time around. So what are your thoughts about some of these things? Oh man, where to start? Where to start? Um, this game sucks. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, no, um, you know, there's a lot of interesting things when I think about gameplay and Hollow Knight. I gotta be honest, the first five-ish, four to five hours of the game is not very good in my opinion. Uh, I think it's, it's just incredibly bare. Um, there's not a lot of content there. You're mostly roaming around in the same area with no clue as to what to do, which I get's the kind of the point, but I have no sense of purpose in this game. It feels like, whereas Metroid or Cave Story or other Metroidvanias, I feel like I have a sense of purpose, right? I feel like there's an, at least some kind of overlying story there, but this game I'm dropped in. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Looking for a map, but I don't exactly understand how the map works because my, I don't get the compass immediately. So I'm like, wait, I have to like navigate through this myself. And it was just kind of a whirlwind and a lot to take on at the very beginning. And, uh, I think the first four to five hours of the game, like I said, aren't, aren't that great. Um, but the next, and I read this on Reddit somewhere. Someone said after about five hours, you know, the game really opens up and then, you know, it really starts to get good. And if you don't like it by that five-hour point, you're probably not going to like the game. And to its word, about, right about the five-hour mark, you know, the game opens up, you get more abilities, you're able to go to different areas. Um, and then I think that's when I started to enjoy the game a lot more. I, I think in terms of combat, though, I still prefer the projectile-based stuff and more variety with Cave Story and um, Metroid. Uh, those, those are the two I'm probably going to reference a lot because those are some of my favorite. But uh, I, I think I prefer that over a sword. I get that there's other aspects to the combat, like um, the charms and the soul stuff. Um, those are really cool, and I think they bring a lot of strategy to the game. But really, what makes the gameplay, if you, if we're talking about you know playing the actual thing, what makes it is kind of the exploration and the movement for me. I didn't necessarily. 
I mean, using a sword and hacking and slashing was was fun and all, but uh, it wasn't really fun. I'm sorry, <laughs> it wasn't. I, I'd much rather you know Metroid style or Cave Story style. I've got more stuff to say, but I'm just gonna let y'all chime in now because I know I've been talking for a while. Yeah, Ryan, what did you think? Uh, I think Kevin brought up some pretty good points there. Um, I think I agree with him with the big negative. I'll just start with my negative off the points. Off the bat, the game is not for everyone. This is a very daunting game in the beginning. It, it does not hide what it is. It doesn't really have any huge plot or huge story. Not sure what really is going on. Like Kevin's saying, it doesn't even let you know where you're in the map. So you gotta go out of your way to find where the, you know, to find the compass, to find where you can find yourself on the map. Luckily, I found that pretty early because I like to explore everywhere I can. But for any newbie or newcomer, this game basically off the bat says this is a huge open world exploration where you have no idea what's going on and it's challenging and it's hard. And it's up to you to say, are you about this or are you not? And for some people, it's just not going to be. And I completely see that and I understand that. I think that's the biggest negative on the game, in my opinion. But, you know, I'm a big Metroidvania guy. I was like, I'm about this. Let's go. And so I kept on going. I love the simple, easy-to-learn controls, but they were strangely hard to master. Yeah. Um, and like I said, the game is very challenging, and that is challenging not just the areas, but also the bosses. I will say this. If you are a fan of boss fights, this is a game for you. The boss fights are epic, challenging, great experience. Um, something that I've noted about this game that I really enjoyed is that the game demands you to, it demands improvement beyond the upgrades. Oh yeah, for sure. Like some games, like, like you just know, like some games you just feel more powerful with the upgrades. Not necessarily in this game. Like you can get all the upgrades you want, the charms you want, but you will not progress unless you actually improve at the game. Uh, I guess if, I don't want to keep on blabbering, so I'll kind of finish up. One of my favorite points in the game, uh, specifically the boss fights, is there's a boss fight called the Mantis Lords. I think it's my favorite boss fight in the game because I encountered them kind of early, and they're difficult, and I kept getting my butt kicked uh, over and over again. But I kept trying, kept trying again and again, and eventually it clicked. It clicked, and I had this satisfying feeling where I'm dodging all these attacks. I was feeling like I'm Neo from the Matrix. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I'm like going toe-to-toe with them where I would just die within seconds just before. <laughs> and, and then I just beat it. And when I beat some of these bosses in the game, I get like some of the biggest video game highs I've ever like, gotten <laughs> in such a long time. Yeah, like It's pretty fantastic. I popped off super hard for a lot of these bosses. <laughs> and just that satisfaction of just improvement and the challenge that this game presents to you and to rise up to it. I really enjoyed that part of the game. For the most part, I agree with everything that y'all have said so far. I will say that I didn't necessarily feel the same uh, kind of low point at the beginning like Kevin was talking about, Um, although I definitely see where he's coming from. And uh, I know that like if you're a person who's motivated by like the, the story of the game, the game gives you the story so piecemeal throughout the whole thing that like, if you don't have that motivation right away and you're a person who likes that, then you're probably not going to be motivated. Um, but I was kind of in uh, Ryan's boat where I, I love these types of games and I was ready to just get into it and start exploring and finding the map and compass and all that stuff. Um, otherwise I pretty much agree with everything. So I'm going to start adding new stuff rather than reiterating stuff. I really enjoyed the combat, uh, which I guess is another thing I disagree with from, uh, from what Kevin said. 
And I think the reason why I like it so much is because like, because of the ending lag that they build into most things that you do, every single action that you take has a consequence. Mm-hmm. Like if you swing your sword, you can't swing swing it again for a decent amount of time compared to a lot of other games. When you air dash, you can't air dash again for a decent amount of time. And nothing like too crazy, but enough to where if you're in a high pressure situation, you can't just keep spamming your sword. You can't just keep spamming your air dash. It really makes you think about every single thing that you do. And even like when you hit an enemy, you'll bounce back a little bit. You'll recoil from that. Um, some of these things you can change or improve with certain charms, but at the at the base level, like everything that you do requires all this thought, which I really enjoyed. And that, that of course, came into extra play with the boss battles where uh, recognizing what the enemy is about to do is like, it, that's how you win, basically. Because if you have all the upgrades, but you don't realize that this little animation means that the enemy is about to do this thing, then you're still probably going to get screwed over. Uh, which reminded me a lot of Mega Man X uh, when I played that. Because in that game, like, the bosses don't have a pattern necessarily, but they have, you know, five or six moves, or maybe fewer than that. But they'll, like, they'll give you a little telegraph. Um, although I think in this game, I enjoyed the boss battles way more than I did Mega Man X, because I think it's just a better game uh, uh, from yeah, my perspective. For sure. I loved, I loved, like, having to intentionally take time to heal myself. I thought that was a genius way to make high-pressure situations, like, that much more pressuring. And it, it gives you, again, like, way more incentive to pay attention to what's going on because you can't just heal willy-nilly and you can't just rely on enemies dropping healing orbs or whatever. I think the charm system is really cool. Uh, the way that it works is that you gather these charms throughout the game and then you can sit at benches to rest, uh, which is another thing. Like, whenever you die, you'll go back to the last bench you rested at. That's kind of a checkpoint system. And you can only apply these charms while you're at these benches. So while you can switch them up pretty often, you have to make a commitment for like the next section, right? Like I'm going to go through this section and I'm going to be wearing these charms. I have to deal with it. And if it turns out that it doesn't work and I keep dying, then maybe I change up my charms the next time that I respawn. And I thought that was a cool way to, uh, to allow customization for sure. Cause there's like a bunch of different builds you can have for your night. Like you want to go offensive, you want to go mobility. What do you want to do? But you have to kind of, experiment with it and, and truly live with it for a while you can't just swap charms the instant you come across a problem definitely agree with the idea that this game is not going to be for everyone you have to either have a lot of skill or a lot of determination to build up the skill if you don't already have it if you want to like see this game through to the end it just it just never really grabbed my interest it wasn't necessarily the difficulty that shied me away. I, I kind of enjoy that. The boss fights, I agree, are like amazing. They're, they're so rewarding whenever you beat them. And when I was beating them, I was like, yeah, you know, like this is awesome. Like I love this game. Well, actually, you know, you know me. I say I hate this game every time I die, but, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but when I'm done, I get this, you know, this really satisfying feeling of like, man, that was, that was tough and that was crazy. I can't believe I got out of there. I, I thought I was never going to get out of there. There are some really good moments in this game, and I don't want to make it seem like I just didn't have fun at all, but um, I think overall I wasn't having a lot of fun, maybe in the in-between parts. Um, you know, I just found the the combat not to be too uh, exciting when it came to the enemies. It was like I never got anything new to utilize in terms of combat. I mean, I know you could use different charms and you get different powers later, but it was still primarily just swinging the sword with, and, and like you had mentioned in a laggy way, which I was kind of like, I'd like more freedom in my combat. Like 
bring harder things at me. Don't make make it harder for myself to move. But that's probably a personal preference. Yeah. And on a different topic for another thing that I didn't like, and maybe it's another personal preference, but do I really have to lose all my geo every time I die? Uh, and like, it makes it that much more important to where I have to me that prevents the exploration that it boasts. I'm too scared to explore and try things out because I could die and end up losing all my geo. I'll give you a perfect example. And Peter's going to know what I'm talking about because I talked to him about it yesterday, I think. So I got to Crystal Peaks, which is a, a level in the game. Yep. And I got there and I did not have a lantern. Oh, but I was no. able to, to reach Crystal Peaks. <laughs> so I did the ground pound thing that sends me all the way down to Crystal Peaks. And then, so I'm like, okay, cool, new area. And then I come to realize that I need the lantern. And I'm like, well, shit. Like, I was like, well, I need to go buy the lantern. Well, I'm like, wait a minute. How do I get to the lantern? Because every single direction that I can go to is blocked off by either needing a lantern or some other move, which I learned later what that move was because I had to look it up so that I was like, okay, I got to get out of here somehow. And so I, I get this move and I still attempt to get out. I was like, I cannot get out. Like, there's no way to get out. And fortunately, because several people have gotten stuck in this exact same way. Fortunately, Peter was able to help me uh, find a link in a, in a Reddit section where somebody's like, oh, you can use this move off of the wall. I was like, how was I supposed to know that? It was never immediately obvious because you can't do a lot of things off of the wall. And uh, I, I forgot where I was going with this, honestly. Oh, right. I, would, I kept dying to the, the boss in that area. And I was like, I'm really afraid to go anywhere else in, in, in fear that I'm going to lose all my geo because I need the geo to get back to this area. And if I lose all my geo, then I can't get the lantern and I can't come back to this area. So for me, it prevented a lot of exploration and almost didn't, like I almost didn't want to play because I was just like, if I lose my geo, like I don't, it takes forever to get that back. And I'm already having kind of like a frustrating time because of all of these things that have happened in Crystal Peaks. So I was just like, whatever. When when Peter told me how to get out of there, I finally got out and I was like, that wasn't fun. I don't want to play anymore. And I didn't really play after that. <laughs> so um yeah, I can't that's kind of what steered me away from the game. Interesting. That actually ties into one of the points that I have, um, uh, which is that there you get different experiences with this game. What I mean by that is the developers, um, shout out to Team Cherry. Their exploration, they set like no linear bounds whatsoever. Like besides maybe the beginning and like the first section of the game, after that, when the game opens up, you can go anywhere. So for example, when I went to Crystal Peaks for the first time, I had the lantern like a long time ago and you know, I did sections differently. So that's something that I think is kind of cool about the game is that you're, there's no limitations of what order to do things in, what bosses to fight things in. I didn't get the, what is it? Uh, like the, the black, like fire soul thing. It's like super, super late in the game. And heck, I beat the Mantisaurs without even a nail upgrade. So, cause I didn't find it. So it, it's, uh, the game really rewards exploration. Uh, but it just depends on what areas you explore first. Um, and so I found the exploration to be personally very satisfying. It is daunting though, because I'm the Metroid guy in me, because in Metroid, you usually stick to one area, then you move on to the next one. 
Whereas in this game, it's kind of not really that case. Like, like you go to this one area, and all of a sudden there's these branch, branching paths. You might go to a whole different area after you just got to this new area. Like, wait, no, I want to finish this area first. Yeah. So it's a little, it's a little bit daunting and it's magnified by the fact that the map area doesn't even update until yeah. you see it and then you go back to the bench. Mm-hmm. So it's like, man, you are really lost, but it is daunting at first, but I found the exploration personally very satisfying. And I think it's kind of cool that, I mean, obviously I, I don't want to say it's cool that Kevin didn't have a great experience, <laughs> but every person that plays the game is going to experience the game differently just because of the freedom and the cleverness of the exploration that the game has. Yeah. I had a few moments of frustration kind of similar to Kevin's with regards to specifically losing your money, which is what Geo is. I'm not sure if we established that. Um, but it never it never got nearly to the point where I was as frustrated as Kevin. So Kevboy, as a as a Hollow Knight stan, I am sorry that you had to go through that. There is a way to get your Geo back, though, in the game. Yeah, you basically like you leave your soul behind whenever you die, and you have to go defeat your soul, and then when you do that, you get all the money back, and yada yada. Um, well, I was just talking about like if you leave your soul somewhere, and there's realistically no way to get it back. There's something in the game that allows you to summon your soul back and to instantly get your geo. Ah, uh, yes. oh, I didn't know that. The problem though is that you have to go all your way to find that in the first place, and uh, some people like yourself might not run into that. Yeah. So I was just I was just worried I was going to die twice l- trying to leave Crystal Peaks. Oh, dying twice has no no consequence at all, actually. I thought it gets rid of your soul. Mm-mm. Does not. Yeah. Well. So uh, moving on. <laughs> uh, on a similar note, though, on in regards to like the exploration and all that stuff, um, what what I liked about this game is that the sense of unease of like, am I about to go down this huge rabbit hole and like not find a bench? And I kind of enjoyed that feeling of tension that I would get because I feel like in a lot of <laughs> in modern gaming, through hold your handle, you know, blah blah blah. Um, I really enjoy that feeling of like really going in on my own and like, you know, let's go to the bench that I already know about and then go set off on this little journey and see where it takes me. And I felt like every time I made that decision, it always worked out pretty well. Although the game, of course, is challenging. I never felt like I was truly out of my element in regards to like the exploration aspect. I never felt truly at a loss for what to do next or where I could go next to find stuff because maybe five to 10 hours into the, into the game, I started jotting down like, oh, I came across this thing, couldn't do it yet, come back later. Or like I jot down ideas, like do I need to do this to do this other thing? And that that definitely helped me like maintain my interest in the game because I had a record of like places I could go back to. Um, there was maybe one moment in the game where like I couldn't figure out the path to get to a particular place. Like I I was at point A and I knew where point B was, but I couldn't find the path that connected them. And so I did have to look it up and it turned out it was kind of my fault for like missing a fairly obvious thing. Some things are hidden behind breakable walls in this game. So if you have the Metroid instinct of like shooting everything (laughs) to find find paths, like that will serve you well here. And maybe some of those could have been like signposted a little more clearly. But overall, I felt that the game, for me, it did a good job of like, showing me where I could go and keeping my interest. And I never really felt truly lost. Yeah, I got, I wouldn't say lost. It was just kind of like, well, you get back after one area and like, oh man, that was exhausting. And you get back to the main hub sort of, or you go back to dirt mouth and you're just like, all right, I bought some stuff and you're like, all right, I guess I need to go to the next area. And you're like, man, that's going to entail a lot. 
And then, so <laughs> when I got back from Crystal Peaks, I was like, mm, what if I encounter something else like that? And so that's, that's probably what turned it off for me the most. And that's not to say I may never go back to the game because like I said, the game was picking up. It was getting, it was getting really good. And, um, there, there was a lot of good things about the game, but I think there's a lot of things about the gameplay that don't fit my personal preferences. Right. Uh, and I don't think that a lot, and I don't think it's necessarily a difficulty because I've played a lot of difficult games. They're fun. Mm. Um, I think just the, the style of a game doesn't suit me as well, but that's okay. It's, and I don't think it's for yeah. everyone like we've already agreed to. Yeah. I don't think I have anything else to add other than like nitpicky stuff and then maybe some, highlights here and there. So I feel like we've talked about the gameplay for quite some time. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say like, this is a good time for us to kind of wrap up like overall thoughts. Cause uh, yeah, because we have three people here, I don't want us to get too into right. the nitty gritty. Right. Right. So I, I'm kind of in agreement with Kevin. I feel like I've kind of said everything I want to say. Uh, Ryan, how about you? Uh, one last point to kind of piggyback and you just a little bit with the charms, though, you kind of alluded to this earlier. What I liked about the game was that with the charms, there's actually no correct option yeah. with the game or what to do. It's just whatever fit your play style. So, like, for me, I love the charms that lengthen the nail of uh, of the knight. So, like, I, I put Mask of Pride on a lot. I like the shield when you heal. I like the thorns of agony when you get hit. The thorns will come out. Yeah, that one's good. Yeah, and then uh, the defender crest where you, you stink and your <laughs> odor just damages other enemies. That was kind of <laughs> like my usual setup in the game, but that was just me. And other people do their own other things and their yeah. own other setups. I use literally none of those. I, yeah, <laughs> I, I do love that about the game, yeah. So I think that's a plus about the game that there is no correct option. There's different play styles to go about it. And I think that's just really cool. It's just up to the player. Of, hey, what are you about? I was very up close and personal, but sometimes you might be like more of a distance guy. Um, and yeah. so, yeah, it's all about preference. And I love that freedom that the game gives you. Yeah. I was a dash master guy plus, uh, the thorns and I, I wanted to like the long nail, but. It didn't seem oh, like I it helped it. me out too much. I felt like Marth doing the up tilt when I swing <laughs> upward. I just think about Marth up tilt. That's all I think about. Yeah, <laughs> I felt like that like the entire game. I was like, that's what my initial thought about this game was this is like Metroid with Marth. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, all right, I guess that's cool. I was doing the up slash. It's like, I can't be the only one that feels like Marth doing up tilt right now. I can't be the only one. That thought never occurred to me, which Seriously? is pretty funny. Because oh. I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a smasher too, and I never thought <laughs> about that. But yeah, my my charm setup was a uh, dash master for sure. I got a uh, sprint master when I unlocked that. I don't know why, but like once I had a certain set of charms for a while, even though I was getting stuff that was like really helpful, like the mark of pride and other things like that, I was like, I don't want to abandon my current setup. Like, yeah, I was the same I've, way. Like, I've really gotten to the groove. Like, I, I'm familiar with everything. Like. I almost, my personal mark of pride was not using the mark of pride for a very long time. Like, like I don't need the long nail. I'm good to go. So yeah, good stuff. I think we're ready to give our scores. Uh, Kev boy, you want to hit us up first with your gameplay? Let's do it. Uh Oh, oh, he's giving me a look. <laughs> 78. Oh my God. <laughs> Take I'm it. Dying. Take it. I'm dying. Ryan, what about you? All right. So, I agree it's not for everyone, but I thought what the game tried to accomplish the gameplay did it very well, so I gave it a score of 94. I really enjoyed it. Nice. That's 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 more my speed, you know. Ryan, Ryan, Ryan gets me. <laughs> but let me hit you with this. 
one hundo. Whoa! Yeah, I'm glad I gave it a 78. Kevin's like, whoa! Kevin's making another face. This is the first time we're using webcam, so I'm seeing Kevin's uh, look of uh, <laughs> indignance right now. Every indie game. Every indie game. Is, is that the biggest drastic score between you two in Interstate Gamers history? Probably. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I just witnessed history right now? Probably. Fact checkers. I love, I love, love, love the gameplay. Like, the moment-to-moment stuff, the overall stuff, it was just a game for me, man. Like, when, when I got really into it after the first few hours, I was like, this is my game. This game was made for me. Was it after the five hours where you actually got to a different area? or It didn't take me that long to, to get through it. I think <laughs> I was kind of a, I was on a good line. The perfect line, you might the say. The perfect line, yeah. Well, uh, those are our gameplay thoughts. We've made history, so that's always good to know. Good to know. <laughs> I'm glad I gave it a 78 now. <laughs> so glad. If you're not with me, then you're my enemy. <laughs> I will do what I must. <laughs> anyway, moving on to the visualis. Um, wait, 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 oh, wait. Uh, we can't get into the visuals without saying aesthetics. Oh, yeah. Aesthetics. Aesthetics. Moving on to everyone's favorite section. Ryan, why don't you start us off with visualis? Oh boy, putting the pressure on me. Uh, 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 okay. All right. So, uh, first off, I just want to say that I thought the game looked awesome. And so, uh, I love that the game was actually hand drawn. I don't know if you guys know that, but they actually, yes. they, they, they drew it like they do for cartoons and that's how they animated for the game. Uh, and so it looks like a moving cartoon and it's very smooth. Just all the animations and the characters. Something that I noticed about the game is that there's a strange combination of cute and daunting and dreadful, yeah. which is yes, two words sure. that you don't really say together, like <laughs> dreadful and cute in the same sentence. But this game strangely pulls it off. Yeah, Hollowness is dreadful and bleak, and there's not a whole ton of color, but when there is, it's very effective. Um, I guess one negative I can have is that some areas might be hard to look, separate from the other. Yeah, uh, But... Uh, in general, places have an awe and a mystery behind it. Uh, I actually, I love, you know, the visuals of Green Path and the City of Tears. Yeah. And even though I don't like the place because the game kind of makes me th- don't like it, and I guess it's a plus, is Deepness. So I want to kind of talk about Deepness real quick. Sure. So if you go in Deepness, it's one of the hardest final places in the game, and I purposely avoided it because the time I actually ran into it, it gives you the heebie-jeebies. When you walk in there... There it is, these bleak, dark area. There's spider webs. And what's cool about the visuals is that not only is it that there's spider monsters everywhere, but just on the screen itself, there's spiders just popping out that's not going to be enemies that you're going to fight, but yeah. it's just there for visual and effects. And it's like, you feel like they're crawling all over you in real life. You're like, this is unsettling. So, but I think that's a plus to the game, just giving you that different feeling for different areas. And I guess one last thing about the areas yeah, or I get about the visuals, I, sh- I should say, is that uh, the game does a good job with visual cues of like letting you know, like, um, hey, like this is how you damage this enemy right here. Just here's an opening or even like here's a wall you need to break for a secret area, although that can be kind of hard to tell sometimes, which I think is a negative. But overall, I thought they did a pretty good job with the visuals. Yeah, I love the visuals as well. Um, have the same kind of feedback that you do for everything that you just said. Um, I will say that, like, sometimes the sheer amount of detail in the environments 
combine with the occasional darkness that you get, because some areas are very dark. Yeah. Uh, when those things combine, it can make it very hard to see where you're going or like if there's a spike pit up ahead. <laughs> and I'm not sure how I feel about that because with games like this that are very demanding gameplay-wise, I like to think, you know, I should have all the information right in front of me. I don't want to like mess up because it was too dark to see something. But on the other hand, like if you were in this dark ass, deep ass cave, that is how things would be, right? So it's like kind of a kind of something I'm not even sure how I feel about it. Like, is it good that sometimes things are like so in your face you can't see, or is it a negative? Um, but either way, it's visually impressive for sure. Either way, like that atmosphere just sticks with you so much. Um, one thing I do like is that the characters are drawn a lot more simply or like colored a lot more simply than the environments. Mm -hmm. So like the environments are very, very like shaded and all this stuff, but then the characters stand out really well against those backgrounds. So that is one thing that's really easy to tell like, Oh, is this an enemy or is this just like a decoration in the background? It's for me, it was always very obvious and I enjoyed that. Definitely the mix of (laughs) cuteness and like daunting and even gross stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, that's right. Like some things are like, Oh, like, and this isn't to audio too, but like, Oh, I like destroyed this thing. And the, the like infectious goop came out of it and made a gross noise, but, yeah, but then like, <laughs> but then the design of the thing that you just killed will be cute. So it's like, oh, oh, I feel kind of bad too. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's like a straight up fart noise. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to speak to that though. I thought the difference between the two, the contrast between the characters and the environment, was kind of weird and off putting. Like, really? it's not that I didn't like uh, either of them, but them put together. It, it felt a little weird to me, but it may be just my preference. It's just like some of the characters were so simple and yet you have this elegant, beautiful background. I'm just like, yeah, it doesn't fit. Like uh, what's wrong with this? Um, so I, that's kind of my small critique there, uh, but carry on. I just wanted to chime in on that. I was kind of at a good stopping point, actually. Um, it is interesting that you have that different opinion. And like, I definitely see that for sure. Um, I just think it's useful for the gameplay at least. I, yeah, I, I agree to that because you can see the the character, and maybe that's the point because the characters they're a little bit more colorful and you can see them. And yeah. So maybe maybe initially they were blended, and it just didn't work well. But um, going through it, I was like, this is kind of weird. Like, why why uh, why do I have Caterpie here in my dark, bleak, <laughs> like gloomy game? Yeah. But um, yeah, no, I'll say this: the beginning of the game uh, visually. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't it wasn't that impressive um, to start out with. It's just kind of the same. So so when I was playing and then Chris was watching me um, and my brother Casey, they were like, is like the environment change at all? Like, is is it ever going to be anything other than a purple, like dark looking cave? And I was like, I don't know. I haven't reached another area yet. Uh, I was like, but so far, this has been it. Like, you know, um, so at, at first I thought it was just going to be that forever. I was like, oh man. But then, however, as the game progressed, it opened up this beautiful and like amazing like world that you were in. And it was just, I was like, wow. Like once I got to my first new area, I was like, thank you finally. And it was just <laughs> yeah. like this completely new place. I was like, oh, I was like, oh my gosh, it's just so new and every, like all of the, monsters are new and it was just awesome and it, it each area felt unique and left me with wonder and wanting to like you know go to each new place and was like oh i gotta see what's over here and it really plays well with the exploration 
the last thing I wanted to point out was because of all of these things about the visuals, the world felt immersive because of the artwork and just the elegancy to it. Like I love the, um, what's the one where it rains a lot? City of Tears. Oh, that was my favorite. Hands down. That's great. City of Tears is awesome. Yeah. I, it kind of reminded me of uh, Chorus Cunt. <laughs> That's a pretty good comparison. Yeah. Never thought about it that way. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, I can dig this. Yeah, but yeah. That's I thought they were good. They're good visuals, but uh, with some minor complaints here and there. Yeah the the, the game's like overall sort of gothic or like Victorian style combined with like the gloom and then the moments of beauty. I I, I felt it was amazing. I like the UI design. I thought the UI design was quite elegant and cool and kind of played into that Victorian kind of style. I agree. And I, I thought it worked well, too. It wasn't just pretty, but it also did its job. Honestly, those are all the things I have to say about the visuals. Same. Same here. Cool. Let's give it a score. Uh, Ryan, you're going to go first this time. All right. So I started off. So I gave my visuals a 92. 92. Nice. I gave mine an 89. Nice, nice. I gave mine a 95. Oh, look at that. We're all close we're together. Cool. Yeah, I think that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, moving on to the audio, Pete Boy, what you got for us? All right. This game sucks. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sounds familiar. So uh, I, I really enjoy the audio, uh, both the music and the sound effects. Um, I guess I'll start talking about the music a little bit. Very beautiful, like orchestrated soundtrack throughout the whole thing. There's a nice mix of uh, very ambient, sort of like more noise based areas. Um, like the Forgotten Crossroads is kind of like that. It's mainly like kind of swooshing like synthesizer or string sections. And then you have sections that are a little more like fully orchestrated, like Green Path or the City of Tears, where you got like pianos and harps and things like that. And then boss battles, you have like those high octane moments where like they bring actual drums sometimes, which is kind of rare in this game, really. Um, but all these things come together and make some really beautiful soundscapes. Some of the melodies I also found to be extremely catchy, and it helps that you're, mm-hmm. like like all games of this type, you're usually spending a long time in an area, so you're, you're going to get familiar with the soundtrack. Um, but some of the themes really did s- stick with me, so like I have some of the themes I'll go and listen to like just on my own accord because I like them so much. Um, so the music, I thought, was very, very, very well done. Yeah, um, I, think, I think it's pretty good for the most part. Um, I didn't find most of them as memorable or catchy. Um, but I think it, it did a really good job of working with the environment that it was in. Um, it really added to, I guess, you know, the immersiveness of each area. And so, especially the boss battles, it really gave you a, a sense of urgency. So, yeah. um, I think the soundtrack did a lot, a, a really good job with mood and, uh, things like that. Um, one critique I have is why, why are the shopkeepers in Dirtmouth so loud over like everything? <laughs> yeah, they are loud, aren't they? Eponama. <laughs> like, all right. Okay, calm down, lady. I know it's kind of depressing here, but geez. <laughs> Papana. That's <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. Chris is like, why is she so loud? I was like, I don't know. It's like so, so much significantly louder than anything else. It's like they didn't EQ it right or something. Yeah. And then the little guy's like, fuck it up, beetle. <laughs> you're like okay man you nailed those sound effects Peter that's pretty good yeah I, I, I thought those were weird and I, none of the sound effects were bad but some of them weren't great uh, so you know big thing for me sound effects so I wasn't 
overly impressed with the audio, I guess, but it was, I think it did a good job. So for me, uh, I'm going to kind of be like a little Peter impersonator here. You know, shout outs to Christopher Larkin, who was the composer. Yeah. Thanks, Chris. Uh, I love that it was orchestrated. Uh, I think the best thing about the music in this game, personally, is that it really sets the mood and tone. Um, some areas, as you said, were pretty catchy, you know, like Green Path is catchy and the fungal waste. And some were just more atmospheric, like the, uh, like the Forgotten Crossroads. There's even a place in the game where it actually doesn't have any music at all. Yeah. And it's really unsettling. Like you're, you're caught off guard. You're like, uh oh, what's going on here? Cause a lot of the music in this game has a purpose. And I think that's something I appreciated. A quick cool thing about the music in this game for me personally is that every area of the game has like multiple versions of their own theme. Yeah. So for example, they have like an intro theme to it where it's just like a, just like it's just building up to it. You're starting to get into it. Then they have the main area theme. Then they have like different sub area themes if there's different sub areas. And then the, the theme changes a little bit when there's a battle going on, when there's, you know, hard enemies and you got to get past them to move on. So that theme is like different, like remix, like in four different ways. And it's consistent like that for every area of the game. So I think that's a pretty cool attention to detail. Um, personally for me, my favorite song of the game is the Hornet boss fight, uh, song. So, uh, uh, shout out to Hornet there. Uh, Peter, do you want to give your Hornet sound effect later? Sure. There you go. Sure. But her <laughs> boss theme was pretty awesome. I love the White Palace, even though the sound effects of saws everywhere in the background. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like, you know, uh, affects a little bit, but yeah. I love the White Palace and, uh, was it Kingdom's Edge is one of my favorites. Uh, one last thing about the sound effects that I appreciated was getting hit was very meaningful. Oh, yeah. Like, when you get hit, maybe I kind of missed this in the visuals a little bit. When you get hit visually, like, whoa, like, that mm, hurts. Yeah. Like, it's stunning, and it, it really, like, impacts you. Uh, and, oh, and because I'm a big map guy, when you go into a new area, there's no map whatsoever. You don't have anything. It's like, I don't want to be here without a map. And yeah. I'm like, I'm like stressfully looking, and then you hear the sound effect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're like, there he is. And then yes. when you hear that, you're like, yes, he's nearby in his corner for who's the map guy. But he has his audio cue. And it's so funny that whenever I hear him, I'm instantly just excited, like, yes, hell yeah, he's nearby. And we get a map. So I do just love how the game just has those audio cues yeah. that just gives you some sort of response like that. Yeah, and shout out to that one area somewhat early in the game where you can hear Cornifer like way before you actually get to him. Like you have to take the long way around. And I was like, damn, Cornifer, you're, oh, you're teasing me for coming. I know. Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. So I, I didn't I didn't talk about the sound effects yet, so I will do that here. Um I, I have to say I disagree with Kevin on this one. I, I I agree with the voices and dirt mouth being really loud for no reason. Um, but otherwise like I loved the sound effects in this game I loved like the normal sound effects like getting hit or hitting enemies we talked about kind of the gross noises earlier Um, but I I love 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 the character voices the gibberish that they all speak I thought was amazing like you get such a good sense of the personality of characters from from the way that they sound and it's also a really good way to to give like humor to the game because a lot of times the game can be kind of daunting and difficult as we've talked about, but you have characters who go, and you have characters who go like, and everything in between. Right. And I found that was a really great way to like show the personality of the game between those. And the, uh, I wrote down here, the sound effects are nice and thick. 
And I, I stand by that statement. So uh, I was a big fan of all the audio in this game for sure. Adino. <laughs> Adino. Adino. <laughs> yeah. Uh, cool. Uh, I got, that's pretty much all I have to really say. I could reiterate things, but I don't think it's necessary. So yeah. if we're cool, I'll, we can go ahead and give ratings. All right. Um, I will start. I gave audio a uh, hot, fresh one hundred. Oh my gosh. Two hundreds in the. Not surprised there at all. I gave mine a not as hot and fresh, but still pretty hot and fresh overall, a 93. Nice. 93. I gave mine an 85. Yeah. I felt, I, you know, I felt like it was good, but I, I didn't think it was outstanding. Um, if I think about, you know, all the best video game soundtracks of all time, I don't think it would be at the top of my list. Well, on to the final section and everyone's other favorite section, content. <laughs> Content, yes. Um, I guess I'll go ahead and start this one off. So I guess no secret now. In terms of story, I didn't, I didn't get it at all. Uh, nor did it really, nor did the game really incentivize me to pay attention to the story. Um, the big thing for me is story because I, I like stories and in video games, I think that's what makes video games great. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean a video game needs a story to succeed, and that's probably the case here. But yeah, that for me, I, I can't say that I give any points for the story. Um, but that being said, there is a lot to do and a lot to collect. Um, exploration is fun. Um, once you finally figure out what the hell is going on in this game, if you know nothing about the game, do actually probably do a little bit of research beforehand. <laughs> um, because if you just play and say like Hollow Knight, wonder what that's about, and you just dive in, you're like, okay, uh, what am I supposed to be doing? <laughs> so uh, I, I remember texting Ryan on the first day. I was like, what? What are we doing here? Like, <laughs> I I don't know where I'm going, but yeah, uh, collecting charms is you know I didn't collect all of them obviously because I didn't beat the game, but I can see that being pretty fun to see what each charm does and trying that out. There's a lot of things like that that's you know you, it fills you with a sense of wonder of what you could go out of your way to do, and it incentivizes you like to you know 100 the game. Um, but also, you're like, oh, that's a daunting task because it it's going to take some time. It's a, it's a big time commitment. But this game has no shortage of content. I know it's also a very popular speedrun game, and I could see how it could be, especially given all the dash options and all the... I could see there being a lot of tech to this game. Yeah. And uh, that's really cool. And a lot of routes, for sure. Uh, and finding the best route to go, that might be pretty fun. But despite the story not being clear, last thing I want to just say here, despite the story not ever being clear, the world is immersive, like I've mentioned before. Um, the characters and the areas are super unique and like intertwined in a way that made you really feel like you are part of it. Like, um, when I was playing the game, I was just like, man, like this feels like a, I'm, I'm invested a little bit. Um, it's kind of a shame that like the gameplay kind of turned me off to it a little, like a little more, but. Overall, I enjoyed every other area of the game except for the gameplay. So it's really kind of hard to, I think we've discussed it before, but gameplay matters a lot. And if you don't like the gameplay, it's kind of hard to just live on the other things, right? Yeah. Um, so that's kind of my spiel on content for this game. I agree with pretty much everything you said um, regarding the story. The story was interesting for me because like, I was getting a sense of things as I was playing the game, and like I was kind of making a little bit of effort to pay attention, but I was still kind of confused. 
And so once I had like gotten pretty close to the end of the game, like I could tell I was kind of getting near the climax. Then I started kind of like reading stuff and filling in the gaps that the game didn't make obvious for me. And I think that like the story of the game is good, but it's delivered in such a piecemeal way that like if you're not taking notes or you're not like paying super duper attention, then I think you'll find it hard to follow. And even if you were doing those things, like it depends on who you meet at what point and like what mm-hmm. like what tablets you come across at what at what point. And like things can be delivered kind of out of order like that too, because the game is nonlinear. I mean, I, I personally I don't really need to like know all the details to to go into things. Like Kevin, you were talking about like feeling like you didn't know what you were supposed to be doing. Like for me, that was like I think just personally, like that's not really a problem for me. And it helps that I love the gameplay, obviously. So we have, of course, have different perspectives there. But I do think like delivering the story could have been done in a stronger way because it is good. And I think it deserves, like people who play the game deserve to experience it. Mm-hmm. Not all at once, obviously, because like finding out stuff is cool. But that, that's kind of like my feeling on that. Um, otherwise, I agree, like the amount of content is phenomenal, especially considering that this is a $15 game. Yeah, The game comes... Or like by the time that we all bought it for the Switch, it comes with like four free DLC packs. And they're not like huge DLC packs. Well, one of them provides a huge challenge, but like they're not adding crazy amounts of content, like whole new areas or anything, but they are adding like new experiences. And the fact that that's all for free, the main story or the main game that you're paying for is $15. And you can easily get like 50 plus hours of gameplay. If you, <laughs> like, like Ryan proved to us, to like get 100% or above. And me, I beat the main boss, but got like the worst ending because I didn't do certain things. And even that took me like 23 hours, or no, like almost 30 hours already. And that was like 83% completion. So there's, this is like an amazing value game. Like assuming you enjoy it, you can't really spend your money on anything better in terms of like money to playtime ratio. I agree with the characters being charming and like the world being charming. There was a character that kind of accompanies you on your journey for a while here and there. And then they disappear at one point. And I was like, damn, I feel that. <laughs> like I was sad. <laughs> I guess the last comment I have, unless I piggyback off of something Ryan says, is that um, I think the level of polish is really great. I did notice a few typos here and there, hmm. but honestly, like <laughs> the level of polish otherwise in this game is like, for me, it felt like it could have been a triple A title. It really did. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, Peter, I know you're saying that the gameplay is, like, the strong point in the game. I mean, I thought the gameplay was well executed for what it tried to do, but I think this is the strongest part of the game. Holy crud, the content. Yeah. Like, the only con I have, and this is kind of leading towards Kevin, I wrote down on this on my exact paper of notes here, is story does not drive you in. (laughs) That's pretty obvious. That's pretty there. I guess to, to, to say about the story a little bit is it is hard to decipher it is not obvious <laughs> in your face. Yeah. It is like you gotta like next level, like English, like college level class deciphering your like Shakespeare to figure things yeah, out. Yeah. But something that I kind of appreciated is that it was like problem solving almost, but with the story. And I kind of had to like put things together. Uh, but something that doesn't normally happen in the video game is that when I talk to several characters at certain points and later on in the game, they would reveal something and it would click. And I'll be like, oh my goodness. So that means this person is, uh, and I, I, I don't remember this happening very often, but I went to the other room, my two brothers, and I was like, Jason, Steven, <laughs> guess what? They're like, what? 
so-and-so is blah, 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 blah. And they're like, what? You know? And so it was very satisfying to like put those puzzle pieces together. Like, oh my goodness, it has some cool surprises. Um, and so that was kind of cool about the story. But like I said, unless you're like full into it, you're not going to get there. Yeah. But yeah, 51 hours, that is stunning. I've never played a Metroid game for 51 hours. Wow. So, I mean, I have like through multiple playthroughs and stuff. I've never done one playthrough with 51 hours. Right. That's just how huge this world is. Um, it's, it's brilliantly constructed with the map and how it's connected. Um, the platforming challenges, the side missions and the characters, the exploration is very rewarding. Um, there's this place where you fight in this coliseum and you like, yeah. you feel like a gladiator. Like, are you not to entertain? You know, <laughs> stuff like that. Um, what's also pretty cool is that even the DLC, uh, like the God home area, it's pretty much a glorified boss rush area where you can fight all the bosses at any time and you can fight their harder versions. And they got like, uh, epic different versions of their boss songs and like, oh my gosh. You know, and stuff like that. Yeah. And I was playing through the, the God Home for the first time. I was like, I wish Metroid had this. I would love for to face Metroid bosses at any time I want to. But it's cool that this game has it. There's, uh, I ran to the Grim Troop uh, and stuff like that. Um, and I guess something that could add to content is that bosses, since they're very difficult, it could take up to 30 minutes to an hour. I will say this, the true ending final boss, I was stuck on him for, I think in real time, I played him for like an hour and a half before beating him. Damn. And it, it went over a couple of days. Like the first night I ran to him, I could, I just, after like 11 tries, I was like, I'm done for tonight. I need to, <laughs> I need to, I need to turn it off and reset for tomorrow. And cause he was that difficult. But then when I finally did beat him, it was like, Hell yeah, all that stuff, but hell yeah, man. I when uh, I mean, I still have a lot I could still do in the game, and I beat at one hundred and three percent with the true ending. And so, fifty one hours, and I only paid fifteen bucks. That's just a steal, and yeah, content's amazing. This is why it's important to uh, support your developers. Indeed. Well, see, I was able to, I was able to support the devs by purchasing a physical copy, which was like thirty bucks. But came with actually, you know, it came with an instruction booklet, which did kind of explain some of the story that I don't think the game tells you right away. So maybe that's why I didn't feel quite as lost because, like, I had some background information. Okay, yeah. When it came to rating this section, I was going to kind of leave it up to basically what you guys said a little bit too, because I know you guys have played more than I have, um, but then also incorporate some of my knowledge of what I have into it. So um, it's been pretty insightful to listen and hear what what all you can do really yeah but yeah you're right fifteen dollars probably didn't even do the development team justice yeah no like i honestly i'm honestly considering like is there a way like i can donate money to them or like you know i'll buy the sequel when it comes out for sure i don't know if it's going to be as big of a game but i would gladly pay like probably 45 50 maybe even 60 dollars oh yeah yeah, for a sequel that in my mind is as good as this game for sure Right. And what's something that's interesting that I didn't mention is normally when I play exploration games, it's not a 2D platformer. Um, You know, I know Metroidvanias are kind of like in that regard, but um, normally my preference is like a 3D space. So like somehow conceptually I can understand exploration much better in a 3D space 
versus like 2D, I somehow like get disoriented and I'm like, wait a minute, like where am I supposed to be going? And I'll end up like making this like <laughs> loop. Like, where am I? Like, cause I can't see everything, right? I can just see the limited scope that I'm in. And so I have to like use my memory and I guess I just don't do that very often. Yeah, it's possible. I guess the last thing I would say uh, for content is knowing what I know now, I would easily pay 60 bucks for this game. Yeah, I would too. <laughs> I, that's my biggest compliment for the content of the game. I guess you guys can see at this point, we're at the end. I love this game. Um, I know you didn't bring me on for the uh, the Super Metroid podcast, but funny enough, Peter, you actually alluded to this game in the Super Metroid episode. I, I, I heard you. You had a <laughs> sneaky little... Was it foreshadowing? Yeah, I, I don't remember exactly what I said, but I, I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> you said, uh, Kevin, I, I know you like Super Metroid's a sweet spot for how long it took. We're about to play a much longer yeah. Metroidvania later. And I was listening to it going, oh, I know what he's talking about. Yeah, this is, this is not a game that I think most people would replay because they consider it like a short and sweet experience like we were talking Correct. about. Like this is definitely a much bigger piece. Yeah. Unless you're, you know, some good speed runner, and then, of course, it takes however long. I don't actually know how long. Yeah. But speaking of speed and running, we are running out of time here on the Insight Gamers podcast, so let's go ahead and give content scores. Kev, what did you come up with? I gave it, I'll give it a 93. Sounds pretty good. Uh, Ryan, what about you? Like I said, it's basically near perfect. I would pay 60 bucks for this game. Give me a 99. 99. 99. Oh, yeah, brother. I gave it a 95. I think if, if the story were like a little more clear, I would have given it that hundo, I think. Interesting. Take notes, Team Cherry. Not that you need them. But, uh, <laughs> you're already in development of, a, of the sequel. All right, so now we're going to take a quick intermission, do some number crunching, and we will be right back. Don't move your dial. Hello, everyone. We are back. We are ready to give you the summary of our scores. I will start as is tradition. A gameplay, I gave a hot fresh 100. You know what it is. Kevin's still mad. Visuals, I gave a 95. Kevin's not actually mad. 100 for audio. Average those two together for an aesthetics score of 97.5. And then content, I gave a 95. So the Pete Boy overall score is a 97.5. Uh, Kev, why don't you hit me up with your score? Yeah, uh, not mad, but you might be mad after this one. My gameplay was a 78. Not to quit the podcast. Um, <laughs> visuals was an 89. Uh, audio was an 85, bringing my aesthetics score to an 87. Um, my content was an 89, making my overall score... Oh, no, sorry, it wasn't an 89. It was a 93. Uh, <laughs> making my overall score an 84.7. Um, so Ryan is the only one left here. All right. So I gave my gameplay a 94. I gave, uh, for my assets, I did, uh, visuals 92 and audio 93, which is overall score of 92.5. And then my content was a 99, bringing my overall score a 95.2, which is amongst the games that I review with you guys just below Paper Mario Thousand Your Door and Metroid Prime, but above Metroid Zero Mission. So, yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty interesting stuff. I'd say that that makes sense. Um, I think I we helped you discover a diamond in the rough. It seems. <laughs> I do want to say uh, that I didn't want to say this earlier, but it kind of worked out that 
you that I missed out on the Super Metroid episode because if it weren't for that, I would not have discovered this game. I would say this game is easily in my top 20 favorite video games of all time. I loved it wow. to death, and I'm so excited for the sequel. So thank you. Wow. Thank you, Kevin. Yeah, no problem. You know, God has a plan. Yeah. Um, so our uh, overall IG score ends up being a 92.5, which is fifth out of 39 games, which is pre- that's pretty, it's a good company. That's good. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, so... I felt like I kept the scores a little more realistic, but uh, I, that's just personal. Yeah, you, you did. You did. I, you know, I had a lot of fun talking about this game, even though the game itself wasn't um, up in my alley. I, I still think I had a lot of, from a critical standpoint, I had a lot of opinions on it. And uh, this was a really fun episode. And I'm glad we... I'm glad we did this one over Super Metroid with Ryan because <laughs> yeah. I think it's been a f- fresh and really cool perspective to see like a new take on some like I know he's a Metroid expert, right? But let's take a Metroid expert and put him in a Metroidvania game and see what <laughs> happens. And that's this that's what happened right. in this podcast. And you know, I'm happy that it's taken as long as it is to make this episode because it was a damn fun episode. Yeah. What I what I liked about uh, having Ryan on the show, uh, apart from the normal benefits of interacting with Ryan at all, is that he did bring the score a little bit closer to my <laughs> point of view. So I thank you, Ryan, for being for being there with uh, me. I was right there with you. I, I really am a little sad that Kevin didn't enjoy the game as much as me. Although I think I could have seen it coming because I tend to really favor these like side-scrolling two D platformers. Like I think I gave this game, if not literally the same scores per category, I think I gave it the same overall score as Celeste, another game that I loved. Yeah. But I'm glad that Kevin and I had these different perspectives because when you read like critical reviews and and just user reviews from normal people, like they vary like this, if not way more. Like there's a bunch of people giving out basically 10 out of 10, like I essentially did here. And there's people who are like, you know, this game isn't quite for me. And I think that's really valuable to see that, which is, again, the reason why we don't recommend this game to literally every person on the planet. (laughs) But to, to people who this game targets, I think it's amazing. From my point of view, there are better games. <laughs> well, then you are lost. <laughs> One last thing yeah. for me, guys, is thank you so much for inviting me and bringing, bringing me on. This was a lot of fun to review, um, especially like all three of us playing it for the first time. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. So, but hey, thank you guys so much for having me on. Uh, absolutely. So, to wrap up things here, you can find the Interstate Gamers on social media, mostly on Twitter, the IG underscore cast. Although we do have a uh, Instagram account as well. If you'd like to see some cool JPEGs in your life, definitely check that out. Um, we have a beautiful website designed by Kevin, theigcast.com. This rating, of course, will be up there and you can see the stuff involved with that along with some other cool content. So definitely check that out. Um, Kev, we have some wonderful people who actually give us real ass money. <laughs> who, does, who, who does that? Actually, give money, you guys. Who, who does that? Uh, one such such is our very own Rye Bread, oh, uh, wow. Ryan. <laughs> um, yeah, he's 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 one of our patrons, our loyal supporters. Uh, Simon Webb, true and true. Uh, the homie has been helping our podcast grow. You know, day one. So definitely executive producer. Executive producer. You, you got to keep us going, man. Uh, and Z Link um, is our final one. Shoutouts to you three. You guys are awesome. Thanks for supporting us. Um, if you feel so inclined to support us, to keep us going, to keep playing new games, uh, we definitely would appreciate your support. It takes a good a bit of effort to do this podcast. So, I mean, we're happy to do it, to bring it to you 
for free, but um, you know, if you want to help us out, we wouldn't mind it. So uh, do it, guys. Support the boys. They put in a lot of good work. <laughs> well, uh, that's all we got for today. But um, thanks, Ryan, for showing up, and thanks to all you for listening you. to this uh, to this point. So uh, <laughs> uh, see you guys later. Love you too. Love you too.